Oh, then he disappears. Okay. No, we good. We good. This is this is, what we this is third. This is the third third round. All right. No, because I couldn't even hear any of the explanations. So real fast, since I've already done the introduction twice, my boy Raymond, I'm not gonna mess up this introduction because we did meet at the first tropical bowl. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> Because I I thought I met uh, Terrence there too, and I was like, ah, he's like, I came to the second one. I was like, oh, I messed that one up, but it's all good. But uh, five, or six, I think six of us came. The, the funny story about that: the first year we did the the meeting, we had fifteen people at the meeting, and then I am, made the decision to go. Okay, well, it seems like we don't have enough people to do to to fill the full football team, and after that. I asked the guys, okay, do you guys just want to go to kind of get a lay of the land to understand what we're going to do for going forward? And that, the guys were like, no, we want to be able to play football. So I was like, okay, but we're just not going to go. So we actually had more people the first year than the second year. So the second year is the time that I met you. And I just said, we're going no matter what. And it was good that we ended up going because I ended up meeting enough people to basically take everything to the next level because that's when actually at the end of that game, Paolo came in the game. And he said to me, next year, I'm going to make sure you have more people. And he did. That's huge. Yeah, no, that was a great time, man. Like, I, I think I was telling Terrence, man, you, you guys gave me my first break there. Like, again, I didn't call any plays, but I remember I was like, hey, do a flag here. You threw the flag for a touchdown. I was like, hey, what do you think about this? Boom, we did this and we did that. It was cool that you just let me go in, even though it was very inexperienced. And you didn't just, like, shrug me off. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's just talking. Like, you were like, okay, I'll try a couple things. Like, it was really cool that you did that, man. Even if it was subconscious. Like, it was cool. Well, the thing is, at the end of the day, like, and it's something that I preach to today. I actually have a shirt that says it, that it just says imperfect on it. Because that's what we all are. We can't look at everybody as if we're fucking leaps and bounds ahead of them. I'm coming there with six people. I didn't even know what I was getting myself involved in. And... Over, the t- over time, we were able to grow, whether it be you, whether it be, you know, TT and Leon and everybody that added their parts of everything to make everything grow every single year. Um, when people bring in their ideas, you can't just shut down every idea. You have to find the people that complement your ideas. And kind of that's the problem we're having a lot here <laughs> in this country is that everybody likes their old ideas. And it's impossible to... They, they literally treat new ideas like it's impossible instead of talking through it. My new idea damn sure might be impossible. There's no question about that. But there's parts of it that might not be impossible that could be implemented that challenge the old ideas. And that's kind of where I want to get not only with me, but with every single person that's in our circle, that every single person that deals with Tropic Bowl, with Limitless in Boston. The, the idea is to go with those type of you know, groups and those type of plans everywhere we can, every country we can, because I don't think as, you know, a United States uh, citizen and fuck everybody else. I don't do that. I'm a person and I think about every person as a person and people that are exactly. I can remember it, Tropical 7. There was a kid that was there. He showed up. Nobody even knew who he was. I was trying to find him after. Cleaned up the entire field, right? On his own. He came out with these Vuvuzelas, and he was selling them to our players to use them. And I said, the only thing holding this kid back from greatness is opportunity. Yeah. People don't realize that. You 
look at other kids like that and you just go, man, if you have the opportunities that some other people had, not me, <laughs> then you would be great way faster than it took me to be great. Um, and even now, like, it's a constant thing where all of our, all of my friends and, and, and family members are always messaging me, oh, man, you're doing great, blah, blah, blah. And to myself, I don't even slow down enough to realize some of the accomplishments that I have gotten to from where I've gotten to them because I've set the, 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 the limit. It's not even a limit. I just set my goals above the sky. And sometimes it's disappointing when I'm not moving there fast enough. And sometimes I, I scroll through my camera phone and I'm like trying to find a picture to send somebody as a joke. And I scroll past hundreds of fucking photos and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't even remember that I did all this in this year. And it's uplifting. It's, it's temporarily uplifting. And then, but sometimes you get. Hold on, hold on. You're saying sometimes what? Just wake up in a funk some days. You're just like, everybody in my circle. I said that sometimes you wake up and then somebody, mm -hmm. you, you realize, especially with social media and comments and all that, that people are literally thinking with the complete opposite mindset of you. Just like, fuck everybody. I'm for myself and that's what it is. And, and it, it it creates a kind of daily depression to where you have to dig yourself out. And the only way to do that is to build a circle of friends that you know that you can have conversations with and, and give yourself some hope that, you know, there is hope that we can bring our positivity to a certain amount of the world. And some days it, it takes you over and you feel like you're overwhelmed by the way that, you know, other people are thinking. And you're in, in America, we're outnumbered by this mindset right now in the United States, in North America. And it's a problem. Even like I argue with people in Costa Rica all the time because the president comes out every other day and he goes, oh, well, there's a bunch of people with coronavirus and they're all Nicaraguans. Don't worry. And I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? <laughs> well, and people don't think about it like it is. But what it does is it makes Costa Ricans think they're better than Nicaraguans. And you're just people in two different countries. <laughs> a genius can come from anywhere. Well, that's the thing. Every country has its feud, right? El Salvador has Honduras. They here has Nicaragua. Uh, Canada has uh, Indians from India. Fucking well, the states is everyone who's not white. Fucking <laughs> like Brazil, Argentina. Fucking like you know what I mean? They all have those little. They they think they're better than them. <laughs> Exactly, and that's the issue. But that is not because somebody woke up one day and said, you know what, I just feel better than Nicaraguans. Because yeah, exactly. Better than Nicaraguans. But they can jump over a fence just like you. They can do fucking math just like you. Us, we, as America, we look at Cuba like they're just a bunch of fucking third world country maniacs when they export top five doctors in the world. So what, is, what are we saying? Right. Producing less geniuses, but we're producing less opportunities to become geniuses. And the worst part is I can say I've uh, thrown away a couple myself in just, just because I didn't try. People that can get a good opportunity may not take advantage of it. There is So it's funny because I've had conversations about simple stuff like that. And you're 100% right. Sometimes you're at a position in your life where you are not secure enough in where you're at 
to go ahead and jump and take that risk and succeed or fail, which when I talk to young people all the time, I say, okay, yeah, it's a good idea or it's a bad idea. Whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, if you want to pursue it, you have to succeed or fail. Because what you'll get is a bunch of motherfuckers out of 40 coming up to you and telling you stories like, I was almost this. And I'll ask them, <laughs> how almost that? Because I almost got off the couch. Motherfucker, that don't count. Pride <laughs> and failed. But you thinking about this shit and not taking the first step towards it means not a damn thing. You know what I can say, though? Even just hearing what you're saying and what you said before, even going back to where you're like, man, I looked at 100 photos. You may not be remembering everything that you're doing, but you're taking parts of it with you every single day and you're applying everything that you're learning. Like, I could hear it. You know what I mean? Like, you're not just like, okay, I'm one-minded and this is this, blah, blah, blah. You're saying just, I'm going to give a chance. And you, you've probably gone through so many trips in so many countries and you're just grabbing so much information. You may not be noticing it right now because you're like, I'm always moving fast. I'm going, but you are, man. Like, you're going to stop and you're going to look back and be like, holy crap. <laughs> At the end of the day, like, you see stuff, like, I see stuff and it has an impact on my life. And you're like, damn. Like, there's been times where me and my wife and Titi were looking at some, something at the same time. And we're, you look at it, you enjoy it, and now your next train of thought is that, damn, how can I get everybody that I know to respect this the way that I respect it so that they can have a different outlook on the world? One of the, 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 the last things, really, that gets thought of when people think of Tropic Bowl is that I would literally say that 85% of the people that come with us are minorities, and we are literally taking 85% of the people with us, making them get passports and making them culture themselves in situations where they might never have left their neighborhood. And mm -hmm. I was to think the other day about this specific thing because we had our semi-pro team, other people had their semi-pro team, other people's semi-pro team had a bunch of people, you know, going out, doing gangster shit, getting killed, always wanting to shoot people. And we didn't really, as me and... Um, as I ended up being one of the captains and Leon ended up being one of the coaches, it kind of changed and, and phases to where we were able to more uplift the younger people than just tell them to play football. And somebody said to me um, one time, oh, you should come over to set team because we won this many championships. And I said, but you have a team full of people that never even left their town. So what does that even matter? This is so much bigger than the sport of football. I mean, I have a sports uniform company that I started with a person that I met playing football. This shit has nothing to do with football, but the brotherhood was bonded from that. He lives right next to me now. You know what I'm saying? We have conversations about life and about changing the world all the time. Everything is just so much bigger than that sport. The sport is a way for you to, you know, have conversations, but people watch the NFL and they go, oh, it's just all about money. No, it's about way more than that. And when people stop thinking about themselves, I say to people all the time, I swear to God, Walmart stopped selling mirrors because people love to point at other people's shit and act like it ain't them. <laughs> oh, my God. They cut people's hands off in the Middle East. Oh, my God. We fucking kill people for stealing in America and slam 12-year-old girls' faces into the ground for going to a pool party. Yeah, man.
Yeah, it's... This is the thing. I'll even I'll even start from here. Instead of just trying to get into saying like, oh, I can really ball up. I grew I, I grew up in Canada. I grew up in the suburbs, man. I I was in a bubble. Like I saw like when I was growing up in high school, when I my friends would bitch and this and that, I'd be like, yo, like what are you guys bitching about? That your parents aren't giving you allowance? Like my the first homeless guy we had in my town, I was like twenty. God damn. What? Guys, I've lived a different life. Like, it's not, I'm not even saying, like, I've been, like, I was just, it was nice and chills. I didn't have to go through much. I went to school. I dug out work, chilled my boys. Uh, when, when someone close to me would die, it was, it was more on, like, my brother, like, it was someone that my brother knew. Like, none of my friends have really, well, now they have for, like, some bullshit where I'm just, like, I guess Canada's changed because when I was growing up, we never locked our doors, man. Like, that joke of, like, Canadians don't lock their doors, I did not lock my door, ever. I'd walk in, walk out, go to school, everyone's gone, everything's open. One homeless person? <laughs> One. <laughs> And when I was twenty, where, where is where are like the most amount of homeless people in Canada? Uh, it would be in Tor well, like where I was, they would be in Toronto. I was from Brampton, so I'm like on the out, I'm like the outside of Toronto. So it was always nice and chills, man. So, uh huh? Is that, is that Drake Canada? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Like, Toronto's a different life, but where I grew up, man, I didn't see any of the things that you saw, man, or heard in the news or what you grew up with. Like, nothing. Like, I grew up, when I went to a, uh, when I, the first time I noticed, like, every, don't I, like, say notice everything different, where you get your first culture shock was when I went to El Salvador after uh, high school, and I saw all the differences. I was like, holy crap. Like you were saying, never, I never left my neighbor. I went from... I, I went around Toronto. I went to the States, never outside. My first time to El Salvador, yeah, that, that makes you open your eyes. You see what's up. You see how, well, how different it is. I would imagine that going there, would, 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 it makes you open your eyes to the less fortunate situations. But they're in, like, throughout the last couple of weeks with all the situations that's going on, I've, I've gotten to a couple of conversations just about racism and, and kind of what it is here versus what it is everywhere else and, and there's certainly a worldwide colorism but there's not a lot of countries where you'll get killed for it and that's kind of what we're facing right now because a lot of other countries whether it be really violent countries you know like brazil or what's like what's happening in venezuela that still is a lot of poverty driven and and just like a lot of people look the same which is funny because Costa Ricans that are white will look at me and go, oh, I don't think you're black. And I'm like, and you don't think you're black, but if you take ass to the United States, they're going to call you a fucking Mexican and, and tell you they're going to build the wall on you. <laughs> and that's just the honest to God truth. Just because you have white skin in Costa Rica doesn't mean anything here. Because it doesn't matter what you look like here. They're going to tell you, uh, hey, you don't speak English. Learn how to speak English. Go back to your country. Go back to Mexico. Because people don't even know that Costa Rica is a fucking land country and not a damn island. 
And that's, yeah. I mean, it's a level of ignorance backed up by a level of miseducation in the schools that, like I said, you, you think about something as simple as this. I saw a question on Facebook the other day where somebody said, when was the first time you experienced racism? For me, it was at three when my, my white grandmother told me a racist-ass fucking joke that I remember to this day and would say it every single time I seen her. But what people aren't paying attention to is fucking Looney Tunes that was racist all the way up to goddamn 1999. <laughs> With the and rapist, uh, rapist skunk. The only thing that happens in Africa is that there's fucking people with bones in their nose that try to eat you. And then the next time you see Africa is um, when Sally Struthers is telling you to feed a kid. So you just assume it's a vast country of poverty everywhere. And oh, yeah, Egypt's not in Africa, even though it is. But that's the thing, though. It's almost a stereotype for Americans to be ignorant. And being from Canada, we have mad jokes about that. We have all of those shows where the guy goes to the States and is like, hey, do you know where Canada is? Do you have provinces or states? Do we have president or prime minister? Like, that's just stereotypical, though. You know what I mean? A lot of the world sees the States like that because a lot of people, and most of the ones that they go on camera, because there's too many people that they won't put on camera. You know what I mean? But the people they do, they don't know shit. And they just add on to that stereotype. You know what I mean? Like, there's probably well, people... What you have to understand is that no matter what, TV is there to make money. So yeah. why is somebody going to put a person that, that differentiates with the majority opinion when they can put somebody on that everybody's going to tune into every day and go, yeah, see, I was right. Black people kill people all the time. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Knowing the fact that somebody agrees with them is everything. It's church, it's religion, it's all religions. People feel better when they're in a place practicing some shit with a bunch of other people. It could be anything. It could be football. You feel better when you're doing it with a bunch of people. So now, even though you feel all messed up, you get online and you go, hey, you know what? I want to shoot up a school. And then you find 50 other people that want to shoot up a school. Now you feel better about it. Whereas back in the day, you didn't have, you couldn't find 50 other people that wanted to do that. But now when you hop online, you can find somebody that shares your goddamn rhetoric immediately. And you're like, damn, I thought it was a bad idea. Now some fucking 40-year-old white guy from across the country is sending me the damn map to my school. Right? Yeah, no, fucking... It's funny. I can't do it, but I, I have learn to see it with my own eyes you can get anything off the internet and what you're saying like you can just go on there and be like hey who agrees with me and then you see everyone jump on board like oh yeah, yeah do it do it do it this guy blah blah like literally could be any fact the way you're saying it like i've seen people argue shit and then they find like the most obscure page to defend this argument and and the only thing i could do at that point is go okay well let's drill it down to a level where we find a scientific explanation for the answer of it and then even then they just go well they could have made that science up and i'm like okay so are we supposed to just go on forever without any type of answer if that's the case is two plus two really four i don't know anymore because you just found a web page that says it's not Right? It, yeah. Now that everything's getting filmed, now everything, everyone's finally, they have to see it. So even the people that are ignorant and saying, oh, well, I, I'm sick of seeing this. Well, too bad. Now it's everywhere. So what do you think needs to be done, man? Like, I'm not saying the answer. 
Because obviously, then someone can just say, oh, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. What needs to be done to, like, at least start the change? The one thing that I, it it wasn't a meme, but I forget who said it, but I actually read it and I agreed. This generation that it is right now, I think they are the ones to change it. Because my generation in the 90s, we kind of like, those are the rules? All right. Like, we'll go with it. We may not like it. But we go with it just to keep going. You know what I mean? But this generation really is fighting and trying to make a change. What you got to understand is that it's funny you said that because I was watching the shop with LeBron and Jamie Foxx went on and he said that we we got to the point where we almost thought racism was over. And then we saw it on TV and (laughs) people still getting beat up. So that's the logic behind it. But it has to be all-encompassing. You have to understand that You know, in the late 80s to early 90s, people were walking around with Africa pieces on their neck and talking about UNATY, unity, and that's where hip-hop went at that point, and that's where TV went at that point, and that's where BET was developed at that point. And then BET got sold to Viacom, so black people don't own BET anymore, contrary to what white conservatives believe every day when they tell me, oh, what about BET? And I go, y'all own that shit too. Oh shit. Whatever you want to tell me. <laughs> the man took that too? I didn't even know. <laughs> now if you went from, you know, Boogie Down Productions and Moni Love and Queen Latifah and Africa Bambada preaching that unity to, you know, a heavy gangster rap era where that got kind of coincided with a crack epidemic to where everybody yeah. just money, money, money. Which if you go back and listen to Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, the message, that last verse of that song talks all about that. When you can't see further than your neighborhood, you can only see the motherfucker that looks like he's doing well. The motherfucker that always looks like he's doing well in those neighborhoods is the drug dealer or the pimp. So you aspire to be the drug dealer or the pimp until you can see further than that. And what we try to do, what, what, what our group tries to do, what Limitless tries to do, what me and my partner Ralph always try to do is teach these young kids that there's so much fucking more than your block. You can, I was talking to my wife the other day and you have to understand how much they minimize us down. So now you start as, you know, a, a black person and then they minimize that down to whether you're Haitian or Jamaican or African-American or African or Puerto Rican or Dominican or Costa Rican or Panamanian. And now even when you find out that you're Puerto Rican, now you got to be Puerto Rican from this neighborhood that likes this fucking sports team. Yeah. Now, hey, we're both Puerto Rican, but I like the fucking Mets, and you like the Yankees, so I still hate you. <laughs> Think of how crazy that shit is. You know how impossible it is to get to unity once you go to that point? When it comes to sports, uh, rivalries, I don't take them seriously, but I know there's a lot of people that do. Like, they go beyond what they should. Like, it should just be for fun. That's the reason for sports, right? They, You're only competing for the 60 minutes after that everyone's boys you're not going after the guy that you know what i mean that did a hit over here guy it's once the game is done it's done i don't know why we fans have to take it so bad what you just said you can tell renee that shit because what you're saying (laughs) is the complete opposite of why everybody likes michael jordan fucking hates people he fucking hates his teammates but you're telling me it's just the game now is it just the game? Is it about life or is it about I'm going to do everything I can to win this game? 
Because now you have to understand the difference between my logic. This shit is about the world and it's about people. It's not about mm-hmm. fucking game. Because people are getting killed out here every fucking day, and that ain't a game at all. Nah. Not at all, man. With it. Like, you look at people, and they'll always say, like, oh, where are the leaders? Like, you got to hold up a certain leader. No, anybody can have an idea, and anybody can have a following. You just have to make sure that it's not the dumbest shit ever, and you're getting everybody that you're with killed, and you're leading them in, in, into a popular, like, a, not a popular place, but, like, a positive area. And that's kind of every aspect of there's people that i've met that i grew up with that all they want to do is talk about oh i remember when you were like this and you, i remember when you were like this and then there's people that you meet within the last year within the last two years within the last one month that can completely grasp everything you're talking about and say i'm totally on board with that way of thinking and i also want to do everything i can to change the world for the better um the reason my facebook is the way it is I, it's funny because i have people messaging me and they go oh i see you cooking your little fucking recipes and i see you doing this i'm not fucking perfect i fuck recipes up all the time i fuck garden <laughs> up all the time. i grew some flowers one time and they fucking died in a month but the point is for me to show you that you can do that shit you can fail at it you can succeed at it and everything's fine you just wake up tomorrow and try the shit again that's all it's about that's the one thing I love about sports, man. That's why I love that my son is in sports, especially since he's not going to get a lot, of, a lot of opportunities, even though I think he should, but that's me, right? But either way, like, he's going to understand, like, look, man, whatever happens, you just keep going. You don't stop because you, you stumbled or, or you messed up on a play or whatever or your coach. No, you keep going. And then you always have your family, which would be us, but in that in that in this scenario would be your teammates. If they're proper teammates, then they're gonna lift you up, man. They're not gonna beat you down so then you just keep going. No, nah, man, they're gonna lift you up, they're gonna fucking get you back out there, make sure you get your confidence back, and then make sure that you make plays and that you guys play together and everything. That's that's the one thing that I love about sports, man. Like you're we saying. And I just I think football does it more more than any other sport because they try to coaches they'll care about their kids more, not the greedy ones that are only thinking about themselves and like shipping here. And I'm just caring about like, no, the real coaches that are like, yo, come after school. I'll drop you off. Come fucking do this. You have problems in, in school here. I'll help you out. Those coaches are the ones that, that are changing everything. And we need more of those guys, man. And we need more guys. Like what are you saying? Like, like how you are right now that just want to get people out of their neighborhoods getting them to like learn the cultures of other people and just open their minds and not just think about one thing and believe in themselves and make sure that they can try, fail and keep going. Yeah. With that, I mean, with that being said and, and J, JD, don't worry, we're going to go. Cause I have several fucking unpopular sports opinions that I'll drop. That'll have, um, I always tell kids to do one individual sport and one team sport because some of them that do team shit will try to blame it on the rest of their team players. And whereas people will say like, oh, so-and-so doesn't have the killer instinct because with that, you can hide behind a lot of team atmospheres. And if you do an individual sport like track, you disappoint yourself. If you didn't yeah. prepare accordingly, you can fucking lose any given day and you will know why. And you'll have to admit it to yourself and therefore prepare yourself better for the next time. And that is a lesson that carries over to life. 
Americans in general um, act like they're perfect and they can't fail. And then the society wants to tear you down. And then the society wants to build you back up. And it's like, you can do all that shit on your own, but you just yeah. can't be down by it at every point of the day. And I am lucky to have some of the people that I have around me because on those days where I am getting beat down by society, I have great people around me that can explain to me. Sometimes I need my own life re-explained to me. Yo, you did this, uh -huh. you did that. You got to understand that you're moving in a positive direction. You got to understand the age that you're at. You got to understand what you've done in accordance to kind of what you were offered at a young age and what you had to overcome at a young age. It's funny. People say starting from the bottom. No, I started from below that. <laughs> to get to zero and then <laughs> so that's where those issues come about and I'm like yeah it is what it is and sometimes you get mad at yourself because you see somebody else that has like you know both their parents their whole life that have a support structure and still end up selling drugs and debt you wonder what it is that the mentality is that and even somebody that it's like a certain amount of money that people think they need to make and I, I, I've seen people that make like millions of dollars and have 10 restaurants here that I was doing fucking security would come and talk to me for like three hours. Like I had some special mind and I'm like, are you hiring? And then I had to tell him, what is the number that you have to have to get to to quit? Because all you're doing is just working, 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 working. And who the fuck wants to do that? We were not put here for that. We yeah, definitely were no. here to work under people and people have lost touch of that mindset. It's like, you know what, take, take, take from everywhere that you take it. And there's taking on different types of levels. I mean, you know, there's somebody who steals a candy bar from the store that thinks, yeah, I made it. I got a candy bar. I never had a candy bar before. And there's somebody that takes $100 million in, in, in some embezzlement scandal. And it's not enough for either of them. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the happiness lies somewhere in between. And that's kind of the goal that you're looking to find and a lot of people have issues with finding that. And for the most part, I wake up happy every day. You know what I'm saying? Because I have some new goal that I set my mind on, but sometimes people can't think further than what somebody told them they were good at. And they're scared to take the risk on something that they might be better at. Yeah, I hear you, man. No, man, I, 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 I feel rich myself. Like I got my son. He fucking he makes me smile every day. Like every single day of everything that he does. Like it's it's funny how I can think that he can't do something, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, but pa pa," and he does it. I'm like, "Oh, my bad." <laughs> like I thought you didn't, and he just surprises me all the time, man. I got I got my wife here that's always supporting me. Even when I don't deserve it or when I'm being lazy, she's like, yo, get your ass up. <laughs> that I need that push. Like, if you're saying, like, it's in the middle, man, I, I think I'm in the middle right now. Like, it just feels, uh, everything feels good. Ken, and I've, I've been trying to do more goals. Like, now I got my podcast, trying to do other things and shit. Like, you know what I mean? It's small little steps, but I, I, I'm loving it. Yeah, that's all that matters. I mean, all that matters is, is that level of, um, kind of finding that place because it, there's a picture that I always look at and I always show to people. It's a picture of, I think it's like, it's somewhere in the Middle East of an entire building getting the side of it blown off and this uh, father bathing his two kids in a tub in a building where the side of it's blown off. And they're both smiling and as happy as they could ever be. And it 
puts a lot in perspective for, you know, first world problems. And I know people in America refer to Costa Rica like it's a third world country, but haven't been there several times. It's very, very close to a first world country. It's just that America likes to show you the palm trees and not the Mississippis. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. So kind of swerving a little bit. So how many countries have you visited now? Not a lot. Not as much as people on my fucking Facebook would. would, would <laughs> um, I've been to DR, to Mexico, to Colombia, and to Costa Rica, to Puerto Rico. I think that's kind of what it is so far. The thing is, I like to go to them uh, a lot of times because I don't go to resorts. I like to experience the culture. I like mm-hmm. to see people. I like to enjoy the people that are there. Because what you'll see is people go, I had somebody that went to the Dominican Republic and they came back and they were telling me a story. They were like, the food was incredible. And I was like, what'd you have? And they were like, spaghetti and meatballs. And I was like, where the fuck did you get it? And they were like, at the resort. I was like, I don't go to the resort, so I wouldn't know. I want the hole in the wall on a side street. When we were in Mexico, we did a push boat tour and somebody tied a boat to our boat and made tacos. <laughs> I, Mexican, I said, not as authentic as I have. <laughs> <laughs> That's the shit. <laughs> Stop talking about trombone unless you're coming. <laughs> All right. Now, before we were getting cut off, and this is the third take, I, like I was saying, X-Men for me is better than Avengers. Not the movies, but the comics. Like Sorry. I was more X-Men than anything. All right. So these movies, when they came out, I cannot enjoy any of them because they fucked everything up. No, they didn't. No, oh, come on. Okay. First of all, let let's go with uh, what was it? What, what Mystique meeting Professor X as kids? Really? Then they're like. Wait, so brother and sister, did you take Spider Man and throw it out because the web came out of his hand? Almost. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's there, man. Like I didn't enjoy that either. Back to everything I just explained to you before this shit. You're acting as if everything needs to be perfectly matching your mindset for you to enjoy it, and that shit's crazy. Nothing Not so much. There's things that they can throw out. You can make it Hollywood. I get it. But there's some things that make it the whole. It's what makes it X-Men. You know what I mean? So when you bring an apocalypse that's sitting there talking like fucking Barry White or something, like a guy can't, like he should be, he should be like a doom. Like he should be smashing things. So why don't you sit more panels? Huh? Sound like. Hmm? What did he sound like? Thanos, Thanos. Oh yeah, but he was ruthless with it, man. Like it was perfect. It was perfect how they did, and he had his size and everything. But that's time. That's a a time difference in what it was. That's I will agree with you on that. The size is what they messed up. They made him a size in his mind. But Thanos is like three times more powerful than him. So (laughs) what do you want me to tell you? You you did you enjoy Avengers? The first one, yeah. No, not like the last two, which is the only ones that I really were like, okay, this is legit. 
Really? You only like those two? Well, Age of Ultron was eh. The worst part about that is that the first time I saw it was in Spanish. Because I trusted someone to buy me my tickets. Ugh. <laughs> first and last. First and last. <laughs> so then, like I'm saying, the, the first Infinity War. Mm-hmm. That one. You like that one? Yeah, and I saw what they changed because I read the comic. And then the last one. Endgame was great because that was the only way that they could that they could finish it. So, see, my issues with those movies is the same issue I have with Days of Future Past is that Captain Marvel is fucking more powerful than Thanos with the gauntlet, let alone with three stones. She could kill everybody there, and mm. they, for the sake of a movie, made it the way that they made it. What do you mean by by him putting the power stone in and knocking her out like one time? No, by her even needed to fight him. That doesn't need to happen. Until he filled that glove up, she could kill everybody that was there. Yeah. Same thing with, and uh, if you've seen Ragnarok, the his sister is more powerful too. Yeah. The fire. When, yeah. What? I'm fucking Ragnarok is more powerful too. Yeah. When when she's at when she's in Asgard, she's the most powerful. Away, she gets weaker. Mm -hmm. So she has to be there to be at her full potential. You know what I mean? Like that full power doesn't transfer to everywhere that she goes. So that that kind of limits her. You know what I mean? Yeah, it limits her. It doesn't limit Captain Marvel. Yeah, no. But sometimes this this I will agree with you. Sometimes Hollywood just needs to buckle down and keep going with the damn movie because the fact that everyone's bitching about Miss Marvel and now they want to make some changes and do this and that and like I've heard that they want to bring Rogue in so if they bring Rogue and put her into the coma and then the little black girl's going to become the new like Miss Marvel with the S like they're just going to kick her out like right away so what was the point of bringing her in like I think they should just keep her there's supposed to be two of them I don't fucking know all I know is Galactus needs to come or I'm done with all this shit it's supposedly Galactus and Doom. Good. That's what I'm saying. Then I'll watch. Now, see, every Fantastic Four has sucked. Yes. So, say, yes. <laughs> so, how would you portray your Doom? Like, like th this is what I mean. My Doom is like the old, old cartoon Doom. Where he's just mad at, at Mr. Fantastic for always proving him wrong when he was doing his formula, why it blew up. Like, actually make it the reason why he's doomed. Not just, oh, he's a rich guy in this, or he was a nerd for that. No, he was a fucking scientist and brilliant about it. Reed Richards told him, hey, you're off on that. He told him to shut up. He was off, exploded. Here he comes. Face messed up. He, he blames Reed Richards. Like... That's the doom that I want to see. The I, one the, that's like, yeah, hey. You're not even going to be able to put those that movie out because you've already, once you already show MCU, there's no point in looking at the Fantastic Four because they're all terrible fucking characters. And they're really? all weak characters. So it's like, why am I with, if you bring any of those motherfuckers into a Thanos with a gauntlet, it's the same thing that I said about the Scarlet Johansson chick. She's a fucking regular human. What are you doing here fighting against somebody that will obliterate your life? Makes no fucking sense at all. Yeah, she's she's a bad man though. <laughs> I don't give a fuck how Russian she is. She'll get killed real. 
but she still survives. And and actually, I liked how they killed her and not Hawkeye. Because I right when they were started writing, I'm like, oh, Hawkeye's going to die. And when they did it to her, it was actually shocking. Well, it should have been Hawkeye, because that motherfucker's terrible, too. He's just a white dude with arrows. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, he... Either way, it was one of them, but I do like the fact that it was Scarlett Johansson because it was a lot more shocking. The second they ran, I'm like, oh, they're going to kill Hawkeye because nobody likes him and everyone wants him to die. So it was cool that they made that twist. It was the same thing. Like, I thought Iron Man was going to die in Infinity Wars. I made a bet on it and lost. But when he got, when he got stabbed, I was like, pay up, pay up. And then Doctor Strange came out. I was like, no, nah, you fucked it up. <laughs> and then I lost. <laughs> you're trying to use your comic book knowledge to fucking make money. That's unfair. That's like Back to the Future shit. Don't do that. <laughs> I would do it t- 10 out of 10 times, guy. I don't care. <laughs> no, Galactus would be cool. Um, what do you think of uh, Keanu Reeves maybe being Norn Rad? Fuck Keanu Reeves. Why are you hating on Keanu Reeves for? Because he's the most boring motherfucker ever. I don't like John Wick either. I tried to fucking watch it three times. Yes, I don't like fucking John Wick. What? Well, okay, granted, John Wick is not exactly a movie with a plot. Like, it's literally just a shoot-em-up like movie. I like the last two Rambos. They didn't have a fucking plot. Those were fucking amazing. It was just killing the way I like it. But Keanu Reeves... Rambo Reed, sucks. No. You yes. fucking idiot. I'll come to Costa Rica and kill you, right? <laughs> Fucking take Wi-Fi. No, I, I let let me repeat that for you. Sylvester Stallone and Rambo stink. If it's not first, if it's not the first one, they all suck. I'm sorry, they all just have you it seen was just repeat. Two? Have you seen the last two? Hmm? No. Why am I gonna watch about 64 trying to shoot a gun that would probably like knock him on his ass? Those are the two best movies of all of them. Of all of them. No. Listen, you're making a fucking opinion when you haven't even seen them. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I even watch shit that's bad. I'll fucking watch all Sons of Anarchy, and I watched all the fucking Boardwalk Empire. Just when somebody says some shit, I go, that shit put me to sleep. And sorry, white people in some random place in California can't kill 45 federal agents, and nobody shows up. No, Boardwalk Empire was just boring. Like, that was just boring. I, I could only watch, like, three episodes. I'm like, this is just this is ridiculous. Fuck that. And I, watched the whole, I, want, I want all that shit. I want to know how bad it was. So somebody says, no, you got to understand. When you get to, no, no, I got this. I understood. (laughs) Rambo, the last two, and say that shit. There's no way. You watch them shit, they're entertaining as fuck. The last two Rambos are, there's only like a couple action movies that I even put above them when it comes to straight action. One of them is I Saw the Devil, which is a Korean foreign film. Yo, that one's crazy. (laughs) You seen it? Yeah, that one's crazy. All right. That's, that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one with uh, he like kills him a bunch of times, right? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No, that one was good. Which? What's the other one? I can't even think about it right now. Well, Commando's the shit. I don't care how bad it. Oh, how bad what you would once think. a year. That's <laughs> all. All I gotta say is this. But that's what I'm trying to tell you. The last, the last two Rambo's are like Commando. So if you like Commando, there's no question that you'll like the last I'll, I'll I'll give it a shot. I'll swear I will. I'll give him a shot just to see what's up. Because my argument about Commando, because I was talking to one of my boys, he's like, why the hell am I gonna go? I'm like, look, you're gonna get that movie, you're gonna put it on Plex. This is why. I'm like, this is why you're gonna do this. I'm like, every single 
every single action hero, when you kidnap the family, right away, it's okay, what do you need, blah, blah. What's the first word he says? He goes, wrong, shoots him in the face. Right there, you can't you say look, shit about him. <laughs> you like that shit. There's no question in my mind that the last two Rambos, there's, I don't even, the first, first, first of all, the last two, the last one's better than the one before that in terms of the actual storyline. The one before that, I don't think that motherfucker says five words. <laughs> I'm dead ass serious. It's just straight mayhem. Did you ever watch that hardcore Henry? Nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm not saying to watch it. I'm just asking. First person shit. Right? Nah, but it it is pretty crazy though. Like he doesn't say a word, and like from start to finish, I don't even know how many people he kills. Listen, like, I'm just gonna wait for your message sometime within the next two days for when you watch one of these Rambo movies, and then you. Can I'll, I'll check out Rambo. I'll check out Rambo. All right, so I must say this: I'm growing up with LeBron. Okay. So I don't, I don't argue with you when you say you say LeBron's better, right? Who's LeBron? Huh? Just playing, just playing. <laughs> LeBron is the best fucking basketball player ever on the planet. On the planet. I'll give you that, but I don't think he wins like Jordan, though. Obviously not. <laughs> but but the point being is the competition factor in it. Um, I think Jordan might beat LeBron on a one-on-one. -on -one. I think LeBron would absolutely obliterate him in a five-on-five. Thanks. See, that's like my whole thing with who's better, Brady or Montana. I love Montana better. And I'm not even trying to be biased. The rules were not in his favor. He doesn't have a controversy with any of his rings. The like, rules were not he in just his won. Favor. What do you mean the rules were not in his favor? They invented an I offense nobody even knew how to stop at the time. Yeah, you could also smack the receiver like like at any time instead of not being able to touch him after five yards. And who were who were those receivers? It was at first it was Taylor and Clark. Those were the two. Then Rice came in, and we had Solomon. Rice, right? Yeah, Rice. Any Brady comparable to Rice? What do you mean? Watch the 49s that says Taylor was better than Moss. I mean, better than Rice. But that's just their opinion, the people that watched him at the time. But there's nobody that Brady had until he got Moss that was better than Rice. And same thing with Rice. Rice and Terrell Owens enjoyed uh, uh, two careers with the best possible quarterbacks that you could ever have while Randy Moss was sitting there in seasons with fucking Todd Bauman and Bubby Brister and old-ass Randall Cunningham and old-ass Warren Moon, and then all of a sudden Kerry Collins, until he got Brady, and you saw what happened one year outside of his prime. So can you imagine what would happen with a, an entire season with a legit quarterback? It's like right now. Aaron Rodgers throws the ball better than any quarterback I've ever seen in the NFL. But you keep Great. giving him shit, that receiver. So he's making Jordy Nelson look like the fucking first ballot Hall of Famer when he's just a bum. <laughs> But he there. Hey, white, white boy was smooth though. He he made some good catches. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna make good catches, but you have to understand, like, the way that Aaron Rodgers throws the ball, you can put anybody over there. But if you put somebody elite over there, it's a whole different story. It's just like I was saying, Matt Ryan is the most overrated quarterback fucking in the league. You give him the best receiver in the league. You take 
fucking Julio Jones and put him with Aaron Rodgers? Do you know what happened? I don't know. That'd be mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be mayhem, guy. If you if you give him Devontae Adams and another receiver, no, that'd be horrible. Instead of, uh, Val, I call him Valverde. Oh, I, gotta, I don't care what I, his name is, by the way. comment on the podcast is, fuck Jordan and the 87 post office workers. He was, <laughs> he was killing That's true. And <laughs> Jeff Hornacek in the finals. Who the fuck is Jeff Hornacek? <laughs> it's a different time, though. <laughs> Correct. You're right. It is a different time. It was the worst era of basketball in terms of competitiveness for Michael Jordan. They had great centers, but everybody else that was a small forward after Magic and Bird, a shooting guard or a point guard was garbage with the exception of Gary Payton and John Stockton. But what the fuck is John Stockton going to do with Damian Lillard? What's he going to yeah. do with Paul or Westbrook or, you know, even John Wall, even Tony Parker? You have to understand that Tony Parker, is, as unassuming as he looked, was the fastest guard in the league at the time that he was in his prime. First of all, Ginobili's my boy. Who is it? Ginobili's my boy. I it's love no- that guy. Ginobili is good at what he what he was good at. But now you have to understand, like, Ginobili comes off the bench for that team. Later, he was a starter no. just when he got old. No. Came off the bench all the time. All the time. Sometimes in the playoffs, they would start him from time to time. But he was a sixth man. But so it was, it was like Tony Kukoc and sometimes Kevin, uh, Kevin McHale on Celtics was a sixth man for periods of time in his career and is known as one of the best power forwards ever. So, I mean, Ginobili is eventually going to get into the Hall of Fame, but where I'm saying, like, you have LeBron match up against a team like the Spurs, and you're guarding him with Kawhi Leonard, who's arguably on top fucking five players in the NBA right now. You know what I'm saying? And the best defender in the NBA. And, and oh, yeah, by the way, we also have one of the best power forwards ever. We have Ginobili coming off the bench. We have Tony Parker. We have Bruce Bowen to guard you, too. So it's not like, hey, we're going to take Jeff Hornacek off you, Mike, and, and I know you're worn out from Craig Elo in the first round, but damn. I, I'm telling my brother, Kawhi is the best Raptor they've ever had. <laughs> they, I mean, when you look at it and you're honest about it, Kevin Durant doesn't get hurt. They win that series in a sweep. Uh, Clay Thompson doesn't get hurt. They win that series in game six. It literally would not have been close. And if LeBron yep. came out the East and played against that team without Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson, you would have had people go, oh, that's a fake ring. And that's unfair. You need to fake. So Kawhi Leonard just went to Toronto and took him to the championship. Fuck the fact that they were missing three of their fucking players. But if LeBron had done that shit, trust me, they would have been like, oh, there's an asterisk next to that one. Of course. You know they would. So when people say, oh, you know, you look at the Jordan and Iverson shit, where, where Iverson crossed the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Iverson is nowhere close to the handle of fucking Kyrie Irving. He doesn't shoot the ball as well as him either. He's a better player because he has more heart, he's a better defender, and he's just resilient. But if he's doing that to him, then what the fuck do you think Kevin Durant would do to Michael Jordan? He's goddamn seven feet tall. 
And LeBron, you have to understand that that the OKC series where the Miami beat them, they had Westbrook, Harden, and Durant on the same team. Yep, I remember that. That's not three Hall of Famers. That's three MVP Hall of Famers. They but also, Harden, Harden was only coming off the bench, though. Exactly. Right? That's why you ended up yeah. Yeah, it's like Ginobili coming off the bench. Ah, all right. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> okay. No, this is the thing, though. I got into basketball late. Like, I can't say I've been watching it like I have been NFL. Like, NFL, we go back. I know players, coaches, where they're going, like, stats. I'm, I'm with you. When it comes to basketball, I'm more recent. Now, I've gone back to see players because pretty much, like, Raptors came out. I had a choice. I stayed with Kobe or I go with the Raptors. I stayed with Kobe. So I stayed with the Lakers. So I've always been a Laker fan since, since growing up. You know what I mean? But I grew up with Kobe and Shaq and Fisher and fucking that whole team going in. Oh, you grew up with a fucking dynasty. Whoa. Yes. But I stayed with, but well, I, oh, no, but wait, but let me explain. <laughs> I always stay with them. It's not like I'm bouncing to, uh, Golden State because they're winning, or so went to Toronto because they're Toronto. No, no, I, I go, I, I go down with the ship, man. So you were there, you were there with Sasha Vujacic and Kwame Brown. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And when Kobe yeah. punched what's his name in the face on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and Walton, you forgot about Walton. <laughs> so, I. You can get rid of all the scandal Patriot shit because you can literally go and Google which are the most cheating teams in the history of the NFL, and they're all pretty high. And I think the Patriots are like number ten. The it was a fumble. One. It was a fumble. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. I, I get. A- uh, Des Bryant caught it. Uh, the immaculate reception wasn't even a legal play in the NFL at that time. The refs sure. walked over and seen if they had enough police coverage, and they didn't. So they called the game. <laughs> right? Yeah. We want to go back and look at the history of everything. Then yeah, whatever. But what do you think Joe Montana does so much better than Brady? I don't see a talent difference. There's a talent no. between Brady and Rodgers. Rodgers is way more talented. Yeah. No, because I, I actually like both of them. I think more Brady is like Mont- – he's like Jordan and Kobe. He's the he's the he's just this he's a mirror he's the, he's the one A you know what I mean he's just our he's my generation Montana I saw Montana on the Chiefs I grew up more with Young I still saw him on the Niners but I saw him late I saw him get hurt you know what I mean I saw most of Young's career growing up but fucking for me Brady's still a beast I just don't put him ahead I get that I mean. That's your opinion. That's taking over what it is there. I mean, the way that I, 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 I put it to people is that if I needed a quarterback to end the game, it's Brady. And if I needed the quarterback to start the game, it's Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers. All time. Yeah. I think Manning's probably, he's, again, going into comparisons, right? He's like our Unitas. He was the most prepared quarterback going out there. He knew the first 25 plays of every game. He's like, no, this is what we're doing. I already know. Boom. Throwing, going, all mechanics, all just... The same throw he's doing in practice is the same throw he's doing in the game. Like, that's what I really enjoyed about Manning, that, that mental aspect that he had about it. Well, Lorenzo, we'll see this year what happens with the Bucks because I think 
they're going to do something. They have to do something. If they, if they don't do something, they're getting rid of that whole front office. Everyone's fired. No, Lorenzo <laughs> said that Montana also brought the Chiefs to the AFC Championship. And beat the Niners. I know. <laughs> with, with, uh, with Marcus Allen at tailback. <laughs> Shit, Marcus Allen ain't no slouch. <laughs> no. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, the top 100. He was a complete football player. Like, guy, they had him at tight end. They played fullback. He played running back. Like, he just did everything, man. There's not one thing that he wouldn't do. That's what I enjoyed about him. That's why I liked watching his. And he doesn't even look fast, but he's got that football speed. Or he just gets away from people. Oh, it was fast. I mean, it's just that he was playing with fucking Bo Jackson, who was faster. <laughs> yeah. Bo, Bo knows baseball. Bo knows football. Name four one fast. That's a fucking lie. Unpopular opinion. Who? What? Jackson four one. I don't give a fuck if he said it. I don't give a fuck if there was fifteen coaches there that clocked it. Chris Johnson's faster than Bo Jackson. And it's not close. What they say he did? How how much for what? For one. One. A four one. Yeah. He did a forty yard dash in four point one seconds. My no, dick. He didn't. <laughs> what they said. <laughs> My dick. <laughs> I want to see this. There's there's no way. <laughs> it's just a fucking lie that they keep extending and telling, and it was hand time, which is bullshit. So there's no way to even argue. <laughs> Electric four two at the combine. Which at the time was the fastest time in the history of the NFL combine. I'm so sure. Yeah, nah, man. Oh, it's like it's the same. It's it's my argument with Sachs. Uh, what's it called? Oh, how is the name escaping me right now? Minnesota and um, no, is it Minnesota? Yes, Pur- purple people leaders. Who's the Minnesota DM with Sachs? <laughs> oh man, I can't believe this is leaving my mind like right now. This is the worst thing ever. Cause they, they didn't they never counted his sacks and he would get like six a game. Deacon Jones they didn't Deacon Jones, thank you. Yes. Deacon Jones. Like that guy was average he was like pretty much putting up uh, Bruce Smith numbers. What's up, big guy? And then they didn't count them, so pretty much he's not he's not counted as like the greatest because they never counted his stats. He's just I mean, a Hall of Fame beast. That happens in the NBA too. And all time. I mean, you're you're talking about somebody like Joe Namath, who's in the Hall of Fame, and he has more interceptions than touchdowns. <laughs> he was the first one to throw for like three thousand, though, right? Same thing with the NBA. People will say like, "Oh." Uh, LeBron never prevented Hall of Famer from getting in, but right now they're not letting Chris Bosh in, and he has better stats than like half the people in the Hall of Fame. No, Bosh is a beast. We love they loved him in Toronto. He he could do no wrong. They just didn't want to pay him. No, and he wanted to win. And he wanted to win, man. He made, so Bosh made the most money of all three of them when they went to Miami. Oh. For sure. Well, they got they made the pay cuts and everything, but anyway. But other than that, look at look at this guy. I got I got this guy reminding me. He's like, "Yo, where's my time?" Hey, you want to say what's up? Yeah. Hey. 
<laughs> he, I got him here reminding me. He's like, hey. He's like, what's up, what's up? Where's my time? <laughs> For sure. So I assume with the Montana thing that you think Rice is the best receiver ever? Of course. Look at his numbers. No one's going to catch him. Nobody. And regardless of where – I understand that he played with the two best quarterbacks, but they drafted him. Like what you're saying, hey, it's the system, right? And even if he's – and then he did it with Gannon anyways. And Gannon stinks. He made him look good. He almost got the fucking MVP. What do you mean stinks? That's the only year he ever had because of Tim Brown, him, and Gardner. Where the 49ers on their quarterback staff had Montana backed up Steve Young, backed up by Steve Bono, and then when Steve Bono left, he was backed up by Gerback, who Gerback went to the fucking Chiefs and took them to the playoffs too. Lorenzo. <laughs> I'm so sure. What other comments are you getting over there? My brother said, uh, my brother just messaged me right now. He's like, yo, I'm watching the podcast of Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> Lorenzo's just bigging up the fucking 49er because he's a 49er fan too. That's right, baby. I'm still hurt. Don't worry, Lorenzo. I'm still hurt, guy. I hate, I hate the Chiefs. They suck. And fuck, fuck Mahomes. <laughs> So I'll switch to another position because this is my other unpopular opinion, that Darrell Reeves is better than Deion Sanders. Mm, I, I'm not going mm, to have to agree with you. Fuck that. I, I think uh, the only thing I don't like about Reeves is that when you get burned, he's like, ah, oh, my hamstring, ah, oh, my leg, so oh, my arm. So that's the only thing, like, just man up that, and take the loss. I've got my hamstring perspective game for you, right? That was the game where Randy Moss had a one-hand touchdown. Do you know what Randy Moss finished with in the game? Something like four catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. And Randy Moss is my favorite player ever. So, even to put that in perspective, and then you talk about a Reeves in 2009 where nobody had more than 60 yards. And that's yeah. twice – Randy Moss twice, uh, Andre Johnson, um, mm -hmm. Chad Ochocinco. They're good receivers. Reggie Wayne in the playoffs had one catch for negative five yards. Yeah. <laughs> so that and when you see Deion Sanders in the playoffs, there was there was years where he was covering Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin had one fifty and two touchdowns. I don't think mm -hmm. any ever had a game like that on Revis, even when he was old. I saw DeAndre was the one that broke one. DeAndre Hopkins broke one of his streaks for a while to get like the first receiver yeah, to 100. Was, was, like he retired the next year. That was the only game I ever saw like that versus him. I was like, damn, that's not Revis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they invaded the island. <laughs> that pretty much. But when it was when the island was the island, you wasn't. I seen Steve Smith couldn't even run a slant. He got turned around in circles. For me, his best football was on the Jets. Because they'd pick on him like every single, like every three plays with word at him. Yeah, and he was zero cover zero on your best receiver all game, and they didn't do that. Yeah, no, no. Primetime's flashed though, man. He's a beast, and he intercepts the ball more. So he has more interceptions. Without question, so doesn't Asante Samuel, but he's not anywhere close to Revis. Yeah, no. So when when I put. What I've kind of realized over the time is that around the time that Nike came about and Nike 
and Apple are both brilliant marketing companies. You have to understand that that was around the time that you had Jordan, you had Primetime, you had Bo Jackson, and that everybody that grew up in that Nike era with the I want to be like Mike's and them telling you that's what it was thinks that those players are the best players ever, the fastest players ever, the strongest players ever. Like, so they don't understand the impact that that social media, that basically there was no social media. So that, that media and you only seeing that several times a day had on them. It was like, I, I want to watch them. I can remember in, you know, late nineties, early 2000, I only wanted to watch sports center to watch Randy Moss and Vince Carter. That's it. I want to see what Vince Carter did yesterday. They didn't even have anything to do with basketball. I just want to see, did he do a 360 on somebody yesterday? Oh, shit. All right, sports center's over. I'll wait till it comes back around again and watch it again. Guy, I don't even put Bo Jackson in my top 10. He's not mine. I mean, but there's people that will say he's the best running back ever. How? He doesn't have a career for it. Small sample and... Because when they watch the documentary, he says stuff like, and I, I really didn't even like football. So they literally give him the leeway to go, well, if he liked football, then what would he do? But that's just like me saying, well, motherfucker, try or fail. You never even got off the couch, and I'm supposed to believe that you were supposed to be the president? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think the only one for me that could have that argument is Sean Taylor. If that's a big if too, if he didn't die, he would have dominated because he was still dominating. You can't say, oh, he was hurt and he wouldn't so, do anything. But I think with Sean Taylor is that he's a great safety, but unfortunately he played in between uh, probably the other two best safeties ever in the history of the NFL. Ed Reed is probably the best defensive back ever, period. Corner, safety, anything. And then you got Palomalu. Sean Taylor yeah. was never anywhere close to Ed Reed. No. Not better at any individual thing that he did. Titi's going to hate me for this, but it's the fucking truth. <laughs> no, but he he was a harder hitter and than, than Ed Reed was. Yeah, but there was harder hitters than him. Yeah. So it was, he, it was a time in, uh, in which the competition was so steep for that that it was like, okay, you're here, you're Sean Taylor, but... You have fucking Palomalu jumping over entire offensive lines to stop plays in the playoffs to win Super Bowls. And you have Ed Reed. I saw Ed Reed one time in a playoff game. Peyton Manning tried to throw the ball out of bounds. Like, I'm just going to throw this one away. And Ed Reed intercepted it out of bounds. <laughs> and I'm like, you just – and then when you hear Belichick talk about Ed Reed, that's it. It's over after that. Yeah. He don't people like that. <laughs> yeah, no. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't talk to you unless you're good. <laughs> yeah. and he talks about him like he doesn't even understand how he is able to perceive the stuff that he does on the field and that's what changes kind of every aspect of kind of what they're doing um i'm gonna shift gears a little bit for a second and mm. say um kind of where we are going forward with the tropical and some of the obstacles that we've ran into is that we used to have people there that don't like that we do the event so it's like a newer hurdle that we have to come over every year, you know, where we're doing everything we can. I think last year with kind of the guys we had, we might have gave away upwards of like 150 pairs of shoulder pads, like 200 pairs of cleats, T-shirts, jerseys, all types of things. And you still have people behind closed doors, you know, whisper, 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 talking, talking shit. And, um, 
because of the way Costa Rica is kind of set up where everybody doesn't want to be confrontational, you're just supposed to sit there and fucking take it. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to sit there and take it when everything is a good intention. If I'm, if I'm doing everything I can to try to try, try to change the world and you're trying to pull out every little fault from every little misstep that somebody might have in order to try to set up your own situation, set up your own event, you're just hindering. And like I said, this is shit isn't about football. This shit is about life. So if you're trying to hold people hostage through football, you're literally hindering us from bettering kids' lives outside of football. We have guys that talk to kids all year. I've had, when I was there one time in February, I had kids come over. I taught them how to cook. I taught them recipes that they still make to this day. So like I said, this shit's bigger than football. We have guys um, that teach kids all types of workouts they do do throughout the year to get bigger, to get faster, to do other types of things that you can do to improve if you want to do those type of things. I've written reference letters for kids to try to go to college out of there. So to have people look at it as if it's not going to benefit certain aspects of what it is and make up lies about us is literally the worst shit I've ever heard. We just donated money for the girls to come back, you know what I'm saying, when they got stuck in Honduras. Mm-hmm. So all those type of things help in you going on your 10th year in another country, you would think that we'd have way more supporters in the country, way more uh, financial supporters, way more companies on board. And it's like people go to it and they just go, oh, whoa, that was fun. And then they don't therefore reach out to the people that they know, to the companies that they work for to kind of help us get bigger. So we're literally doing this on our dime. There's nobody giving us money to do this shit. We scrounge for every dollar donation. I think I'm at like $1,500 right now where you see a goddamn cop kill somebody and they have a GoFund for him that hits fucking $350,000 in a day. You know what I'm saying? And to me, that's crazy. Like you on one hand are trying with everything you have to make a positive impact on people's lives and change the world for the better. And on the other hand, you have people supporting the most negative shit I've ever seen, and they can raise upwards of like millions of dollars for nothing through lies, through through everything. I'm not a big fake person, so I'm not gonna make some shit look like something it's not when I already feel that it's out of my heart. If it's something out of my heart, it's genuine. I don't want to make it, you know sprinkle sugar on top and put a cherry there to so you so it looks better to you it's already good we're already doing all we can we're already leaving you know our fucking blood sweat and tears on the field it's shit is hard to do it's not easy so one of my friends asked me oh how did you put together an event like that and the easiest answer the number one answer was i fucking failed i ran it and failed and then i had to recover from the failure but people think that you can just hit the ground running. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. Sometimes it works for people when they get a small million dollar loan, but I didn't get a small million dollar loan. So we have to put together uh, a force of people that are like-minded enough to where we're on the same page when it comes to making a positive impact on not just Costa Rica, but everywhere we kind of set foot whether it be when we were in Colombia, um, every 
other place that we end up going. We want to meet people. We want your business card. We want to help your business. I've designed stuff for people's businesses there to, to kind of give them more exposure when they can. I've made people more successful than me because they have skills that I don't have. But the skills that I do have was the missing puzzle piece from them being successful. So I'm like, hey, okay, I'm going to fit my puzzle piece in there so I can watch you be successful because one of the biggest reasons that I do what I do on a regular basis is so that I can teach people how to be better than me. And when people are constantly messaging, oh man, you do great stuff, you do great this and you do that. And you're just like, but I'm still, you know, poor as shit, <laughs> trying to scrounge for everything every day. But when people look at you as, as being on top of something, it's almost like they see the power. They don't see the financials uh, behind it and just assume that you're, you're this. And I think what it's come down to is that a big part of where I kind of am in life right now is that I can control my time a lot more than other people. Some people make, you know, millions of dollars, but working 80 hours a week, not going on vacation, not able to enjoy their own time, not able to spend time with their kids, not able to cook for themselves. Um, not able to try new things, not able to visit new places, and all those aspects of kind of what has become my life is what everybody sees from the outside as being rich. Well, that's the thing, though, right? You said it. You're not going to lie and polish the shit up for it just to fucking try to get something. It, the, the point... For me, the greatest thing and the reason why, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like take, downplay what you said, just like why I started this is because I have the love for it. It's genuine. It's what I want to do. You know what I mean? I, I'm not doing it to, to be greedy. I'm not doing it to do anything. If I can help anyone that I can, like talking with you guys, with Tropic Bowl, with, with everything, like whatever I can do, like there's not many people that are like that anymore, man. All they care about is themselves. All it is is I'm going to get mines. I don't care who I got to step on. I don't care fucking what happens or what bloodshed. I'm going to go like this. I don't see it, so I don't know what you're talking about. It's too sure. many people like that now, man. It's too many. And those are all the shady ones. The sorry, the shady ones, I meant to say. And like, and like we were saying, think about the people that you, that you do in high school. Then people you've met recently, maybe in the last month, year, but the... I my circle is like five people like I know a lot of people and everyone's cool and they're all my friends I don't hate on no one I don't wish bad on no one but like the people that I know always are lifting me up and they're never trying to bring me down I got like five men yeah I mean that's over time you're right now <laughs> but for, that's for lack like I've had times where we come there and I mean, we had like a when we were there for the Super Bowl, like a fifty-person barbecue, and it was almost like something as simple as that. And me telling you, like when I started off at the beginning of the story, is to tell people that it's bigger than your neighborhood. Whoever told you as a kid, whoever told me as a kid that you would be able to just go to Costa Rica and play pickup basketball and develop friendships that are almost your extended family. My, my wife literally said to me, I feel like I have more family in Costa Rica than I do in the <laughs> United States because we were able to throw a 50-person barbecue with everybody and I invited as many people as possible. But that is impossible to, you know, somebody that can't see the sky 
from above their project building. Yeah. Well, all I'm trying to do is hold you up to the point where you can see that and give you the potential of how you can get there. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, but you got to try. But sometimes people don't try. You see this, the, the stuff in America now where people go, um, oh, they're looting, they're tearing apart their neighborhood. It's, and my immediate answer to that is that's because they've never been outside their neighborhood. So they don't know what else to tear up and set on fire. That's it. That's all it is. So if you're there and that's what's there, you're going to go, you know what? I remember this motherfucker yelled at me one time at the dry cleaner. Let me smash those windows out. Because it's <laughs> anger and pain. and You can't tell anybody how to grieve. You just can't do it. No. And, and no. With, with the history behind this country, you can't tell anybody shit. Because you're not even telling anybody the truth. <laughs> so tell somebody the truth first, please. Please do that. And fake news, fake news. Even sitting there talking to Renee and, and my wife, because my wife has a base education in Puerto Rico, where they tell everybody the truth about their history. And in Canada, you get a different perspective of history. But here, yeah. it's like, hey, Christopher Columbus ate corns with some Native Americans. Until you get older and realize, oh, smallpox blankets. Yeah. Why don't we rape, tell you that? Rape and pillage, son. Rape and pillage. That don't make no sense. Germany does mention the Nazis. It's not like they black it out. You know what I mean? Like they say, yo, man, that's our history. Is exactly what Trevor Noah said. Trevor Noah was like, he's from South Africa. He was like, we had real racism. He goes, and the problem now with America is that they've literally never admitted this. They've never yep. said, hey, sorry. So this movement now is a movement that I expected to happen the first month of the Trump presidency. I thought it was going to be like, oh, this motherfucker got in. Let's set some shit on fire. But it waited until this long and where people were like, oh, this video is crazy. And I'm like, it's not anywhere close to the crazy-ass videos that I've watched for the last five years. They slammed a 12-year-old girl in her face at a pool party. I thought that that should have been the end of everything right there because had that been my daughter and I came out, I would have murdered somebody. I don't give a fuck oh. who. I wouldn't have been able to see. So, no. but I, now all of a sudden, oh, a guy gets uh, killed again, and this is, the, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like People tell me, oh, this is the worst one I've ever seen. Like a lot of conservatives. And I'm like... This is the worst one you've ever seen? They just killed a guy <laughs> two years ago. He was actually innocent. And then the cop got off. So I don't I, I don't get that aspect of kind of where that is. And like I said, in Costa Rica, there's certainly colorism to the point where, like, they didn't let us into clubs. Or they were making TT dress up. They were told him, oh, you got two rips up here in your hoodie. You can't get in. And he, we both worked as bouncers in clubs, so we understand that aspect of it. So now you're just picking apart at us because we have darker skin, which over time, I think, has a lot to do with hammering home a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus and a white Santa Claus because now you have nothing to aspire to. Guy, I was just talking to who I, I couldn't, it could have even been my brother. We were just talking about this. We're like, first of all, Jesus, there's no way that he was blonde-haired, blue eyes. There's no way, and I don't care like who you are, what you think. Like, the first of all, if he if he's from what was it, Nazareth, right? Where is yeah, uh, I mean that's uh, the, it, uh, it's I'm pretty not much to where he's from because that's a whole other goddamn podcast. <laughs> very true, very true. But <laughs> all I'm saying is, I agree with you. There's no way that he was white. There, that sun is too hot. Like he at least had a tan. Like fuck off. 
Like, you can't tell me he didn't. So what I'm saying is that when you extend that like that into where we are here, because one of the biggest exports of the United States is entertainment, other than I think the only other country that would really rival it is India, because they have basically their own setup of entertainment, mm-hmm. um, is like, you remember coming to America. Coming to America was one of the first movies you saw some black people as kings. And now you yeah. jump forward another 30 years until you get to Black Panther. And people would say to me, oh, well, Black Panther is still a white director and it still doesn't don't mean shit. And I'm like, that's not true because I was at my job and saw a white kid come in with a Black Panther mask. And that... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I heard white kid with black panther mask. Yeah, hold on. You hear me? Yeah, okay. The last thing I heard was white kid with black panther mask. Oh, don't do this. Not now. (laughs) Technical difficulties here. All right, come on back. Yo, we froze in. There's no good. All right, slowly coming back. All right, I got you. I I got you now. I got you. Oh, listen, I got shit up, man. Why did that edit that up? Oh yeah, we gotta edit that. Don't worry. Yeah. Although, okay, the last thing I heard was a white kid with a Black Panther mask. Oh, we got another edit. Because. Oh oh. Give you. Oh, oh, hold on. Come on now. Shit. I still got you frozen. Nope. All right. Oh. No, I can I can sort of hear you. We got to edit this. Don't even worry. I got it, though. <laughs> I got a producer now. You should right. open up, bro. I'm, cut, I'm about to cut this. All right. No, I got you. I got you now. What the hell yeah, are you doing? You. What? I haven't even moved, guy. What you talking about? What am I doing? <laughs> Start moving. You need to do something, motherfucker. You need to go on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, no. Want to know one of my favorite stories that I heard? Okay, so a friend of mine, her grandma, she she's Tika, but she would go to the states, right? When she she actually went to school in the states. This is a long ass time ago. This is maybe what fifties and sixties, maybe somewhere around there. So they'd be in school, and she and like she would tell them how how what how it was different. I cracked up. So the thing was, is the teachers used to send the white kids to the kitchen 
as punishment because it was with all the black chefs. Now she grew up in Limon. So she'd go down there fucking skipping class and chilling out with all the chefs and eating all the food. <laughs> but the little white girls would go in the corner and cry. What? Because they're surrounded by black guys. It's a long time, I mean, long ass time ago. But you're so that the idea behind that is just stems from a constant backing up of this idea of, you know, everybody being some dangerous drug dealer killer or something like that. Um, and where kind of where I was getting with the with the, the Black Panther and the coming to America thing is like between coming to America and Black Panther, I can't there might be one or two movies where minorities were seen in a position of kings and considering minorities were kings for almost 35,000 years in the history of the world, there's not very much evidence of it, especially here. So that's the one of the biggest things in empowering somebody because now if you're a young minority kid, you know, speaking from my experience and you're only looking at Superman and you're only looking at Batman, I'm not a millionaire Bruce Wayne and I'm not a fucking alien. So what am I supposed to do? The next people you're going to look at is, you know, Jesus, and that's what you aspire to be. And guess what? What at least what they're telling you is that he doesn't look like you. So yeah. now you feel like, okay, well, I can never look like that. So what am I supposed to do? You, it takes you years to even find a place that it works for yourself the right way. And then when you do, you have to then attack it and, and pass that knowledge on. But because it's, especially in the, in the, the, the idea of the, the surface Christianity, because if you narrow it down to the practicing of actual Christianity, then sure, it'll be a good life guideline for you. But what we've done here and there and everywhere around the world is people have chosen to just go, you know what, I like this, but I don't like this, and I'm going to leave that there, and I'm going to put this back, and I'm going to do this. And that's where you end up saying shit like, when looting starts, the shooting starts. Yeah. And I end up saying shit like, that doesn't sound like Jesus. <laughs> That sounds like Stalin. <laughs> Very true, man. Very true. No, I agree. It's fucking... Uh... Shit, I'm trying to think about it right now. Like, where where was a black guy king? Like, in a movie, I'm, I'm trying to th think about it right now. And yeah, coming to America after that... Scotland with goddamn Forrest Whitaker. But that's not, but that's the, same, after. not the same type yeah. of empowering. Like, the, the Black Panther shit is empowering. And if you see, not only the fact that, it, that the, the, the idea of putting that minority as a king and as a prince there, but also the fact of it was the number one selling movie ever at the time. So a lot of yeah. people, and it impacted a lot of people's minds. And somebody that is a younger white kid at the time and hasn't already been poisoned by this systematic kind of racism, just goes, I just want to be him. And that's it. And that can change the mindset of everything going forward. But now, you know, you get those type of gains, and then now every day you have somebody hammering the fact of how you're supposed to feel and, and how you're supposed to be angry and how you're supposed to, 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 to be mad, as if somebody didn't just set a church on fire three years ago. 
You know what I'm saying? You, you heard about that. People will go, oh, this motherfucker was a drug addict and we're celebrating him. It's like, no, this is everybody. And, and you want it to just be about him, but it's not that. It's everybody up to this point where it's finally not enough. How do you literally say, oh, I'm a police officer and, uh, you know, I thought I was in my house. What are you doing here? I'm going to kill you. I'm in my own house. Like, what, how do you even stop that as a person? How do you <laughs> create a situation to where I'm in my own house, you come in my house and tell me I'm that's, not in my house and kill me? That's, that's, the, uh, that's the Chappelle hey, joke I just thought about. <laughs> I had to shoot him, and he put up a bunch of pictures of him and his family all in this house. <laughs> pretty much what it is. And kind of um, with the people that are around me constantly and the people that I talk to constantly... I always shout out ideas. Sometimes they're great ideas. Sometimes they're bad ideas. Sometimes they can be acted on. Sometimes they need to be tweaked in other directions. But it's a forward-thinking progress from an old-thinking country. We're looking at Costa Rica as if it's a third-world country, but it runs 11 months out of the year on green electricity, and we can't even run a fucking hour on green electricity in a year. Because all the old mindset, all the old money, oh, we're going to bring back the coal industry. We're going we're gonna to get rid of the Environmental Protection Agency. So you know where we're headed with that? We're going to fuck the air up so bad that they're going to sell us a bag of oxygen with our fucking spring water. Well, there's already oxygen clubs, right? Yeah. So that's what's going to happen going forward. They're going to say, oh, guess what? You can extend your life by five years if you just stop at the oxygen club. And that's I'm sorry, that's just, that's just crazy, though. <laughs> that's just, just crazy. How are you paying to go fucking breathe that crap? Like, how stupid is that? Yeah, Please I mean, tell me. It's like you having a, a, a oxygen bag on the corner, I mean, on like a, the sideline of an NFL game. And places like California that have the worst air quality in the United States and places like the Everglades in Florida, which have the some of the worst air quality in the world, it's eventually going to get to that point if we don't curve it and they're not taking, or at least our people are not even acting like, you literally have people here a little bit less than 50% of the country that just goes, yeah, that shit's fake. And hammer it home, just like we started the conversation about. Find a website that tells you that them destroying our air is fake. Yeah, but you, you can What's always like, find oh, a website that goes with, sorry, I didn't mean to, uh, uh, talk over you you can always find a website that can go with your opinion like uh i found one that says smoking herb can save you from coronavirus i go to my wife i'm like see see <laughs> like it's obviously like it's bullshit but i mean no, find it. something like that can certainly be true because when it comes to marijuana in general there's like 110 cannabinoids and they only know of two of them one of them's thc the other one's cbd there's so many more that can do so many things but because this country prevented it for so long they need another 15 years to even study it properly because it's just now coming legal. So they have to rely on studies from other countries to even go ahead and look at it for the properties that they can do. I mean, I've basically managed the dispensary for the last two years, and I have personally weaned people off of pain pills like Percocets or like methadone or like heroin addiction with oral uh, ways of taking marijuana because it gave oh. them relief they needed to get rid of those withdrawals. So those are little things that you can do going forward to understand it, but it all has to do with the education, which, strangely enough, what a segue, I'm in the process of writing a introductory marijuana book for kids. So that's the first at an early age. 
Nice. I I absolutely love it, man. Like it's it's the only thing that I'll abuse, but not to the point where you know what I mean. I'm it's it's not it's not I'm not selling my TV for it, man. If I can't get a joint, I get a little moody. That's it. You know what I mean? I might get a little moody. I go to bed early. Like, what's the problem? It's not. And the worst part is here in Costa Rica, guy. I could be smoking crack. And they're like, oh, pobrecito, poor guy. This is that. I smoke a spliff. They're all like, oh, look, who, look at this drug addict. It's like, really? Like, they got their priorities backwards, man. But that's, like, that's the same thing as stigma here. You're, you're talking about two major reasons why marijuana was outlawed in the United States. <laughs> the first one is that they wanted they said to they, hemp because hemp was rivaling the cotton industry and grew three times as fast. The second reason was that you literally had senators say that white women would smoke marijuana and want to sleep with black men. After that, the shit was over. There was also, did you see, um, uh, the, it, was, it was on Netflix with John Leguizano about the Latin history. They yeah. said Mexicans would smoke it and get crazy and rape women. It's like, what? <laughs> Once again, think about when they were talking about that and think about the fucking president that just said that shit two years ago. Yeah. All the Mexicans that come here are rapists and murderers. <laughs> All of them. No. no. It's fake news. So when you <laughs> something like that and you backtrack off of it, I talk about this all the time because it's like if you say you watched a show on one day and the, and the news said, you know what? Costa Ricans are murdering people at an alarming rate. And then you missed the show the next day where they went, oh, sorry. Uh, they weren't murdering people at an alarm, uh, alarming rate. One person got killed. You never saw the correction. So yeah. in your fucking mind, Costa Rica's are murdering people at an alarming rate. This lady yep. said to me last year, I have a necklace that I bought in Costa Rica. She said, where'd you get that necklace? It's so beautiful. And I said, I got it in, in Colombia. And she goes, oh, yeah, you got to get stuff from places like that. Did you hear about the lady in Costa Rica? That's where her mindset. <laughs> the one lady that died in the Airbnb. I go, no, I didn't, because I lived in Florida where a lady two streets away from me killed her baby and buried it behind a rec center. So why the fuck am I supposed to care about one person out of five million and be scared to travel? Or, hey, don't go to DR. The alcohol's killing people. I said, really? How many is it? Let's look at the numbers. Oh, it's at 15. Well, that's the average per year. But I've never, ever seen that average about Las Vegas. Right. Because I guarantee you more people right. die from alcohol poisoning in Las Vegas than do in Dominican Republic. Like, I, 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 the only thing that stays in my mind is stand-up comedy and movies. So I don't, I always have my own opinions going here, but I always agree with, like, so many things that they say. Like, uh, Joe Rogan has one where he's like, guy, like, what's the harm of me smoking a joint and being with my kids? What happens? I get paranoid and give them more hugs? Like, that's all that happens. That's it. It's I get true. a little more it's like, hey. stigma where you people uh, attach it to like the devil like the, the history of this shit is, is the devil and everything stems through religion and causing people this fucking guilt that you should never have because everybody does have their natural morals but when they put it to some set guideline of rules that was you know edited and edited and edited to what people thought was bad at the time to now is like, okay, well, this could save lives. And over the See, countless time, it could have been the answer for so many things that we oh, skipped over. So many. Now, I wish I was not, I don't want to say smart enough, but I wish I had the memory to remember this. Because 
a long time ago, me and my brother had no more papers. And he, if he's on here, he can, he can vouch for this. So we had the New Testament. Great pages, by the way. They burn slow. So, <laughs> so, so what I would do is I would rip it. I'd rip the page out and we would read a passage to make sure it's good, right? Like you have to read the passage before you roll it up. So <laughs> I actually read this. It said, like it started going on about the table and it's like Mary passed the herb. I was like, no fucking way. I swear to God, it's in there. Uh, he, he was half asleep and he's like, what? I'm like, look, it's right here. <laughs> I'm like, I swear. <laughs> I wish I remember what page it was. <laughs> oh, hells yeah. <laughs> It was great. That's why I wish I remember what page it was. That's insane. You know, sometimes you got to MacGyver it, man. You don't know what's around. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's a hilarious. It's 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 a great story. It's a, it's a hilarious story. It's just that this idea that everybody looks down. It's exactly what you said. Looking down at a dude that's literally strung out, smoking crack, as oh, it's so poor, and somebody that's fully in control of their life because the stigma got attached to um there's a meme that i saw and it says uh it says um it's like marijuana moms say that smoking weed every day helps them become better parents and then there's a lady who commented on it and she goes i bet you it helps black men become parents better parents too but we wouldn't know because you put them in jail for 10 years for the possession and now you're not admitting anything, and now you're changing the law, but won't change it in accordance to, you know, the hundreds of people that I locked up. So now you lock yeah. up all these people, you won't bring them out, and and they can't vote when they come out because you've made it so felonies can't vote. And some states are, are starting to reverse that, so hopefully that is, because now when you slap somebody, you know, so you have Brock Turner who raped a girl behind a dumpster who did less than two months in jail who can still vote. And then you have somebody who did 10 years for a mandatory minimum crack possession for their first time and can't vote. White guy, black guy? And obviously, it's the situation of, of the, the swimmer, Brock Turner. The judge literally said, I feel that jail would have a negative impact on his life. And I'm like, how about the person he raped? So th those are the situations where there's such a double standard and, uh, and a lack of empathy for a minority in this country to where minorities have to be adults by the time they're 12. Because if they're not adults by then, they're going to be treated like them. They're going to be looking. Yeah. They're going to say, look at these. You don't ever see people say, look at these fucking kids. They, they say, look at these fucking thugs. And these fucking thugs are kids. When you're old enough and you can relate to it and you understand the mindset and you understand the anger at an early age, then you can relate to it better and explain it to them like, look, you don't have to be this angry. You have this outlet. You have this outlet. You can do this. You can achieve this. And um, everybody else is just like, you can get in these handcuffs. Yeah. Go to jail until you figure it out. And when you go to jail for a felony, you lose the opportunity, thanks to George Bush, of getting financial aid to go to college. You can't get that anymore. That's one of the things that people don't understand exists in this country. So there's got to be uh, a program that intercepts this shit before it happens and kind of acts before that happens so that you can change everything, everywhere, not just in this country, but like 
like a centralized system of information. You, you know that like there's websites on with Harvard where you can literally get their entire ed plan for free if you have the time. Really? To yeah. Like everything they would teach, you can't get the degree, but you can get all the information that all the students would get. And it's still so useful it's, though. African Americans can go to Cuba and become a doctor for free and then bring it anywhere in the world they want. But this is something that you hold back from people. And, you know, Castro killed millions of people. Don't you understand? But uh, that place and that shit is in effect. And I've already had the conversation with Renee, so I'm sure you kind of have the same logic about how Cuba is and what it is and what people have turned it into and what people mm -hmm. talk say about it. Because Costa Rica is essentially the new Cuba. A bunch of white conservatives going there to clean their goddamn money with no extradition. And that is what Castro kicked out of there. So now people go there and do it. And the last time I was there, I seen a guy sitting there with a dark-skinned Nika say, Hail Trump. I'm like, how what? does that coincide with your logic? So you sit here with this dark-skinned, you know, prostitute, and then you go back to the United States and say, yeah, build that wall. How does that make sense? That's an oxymoron in your life. Yeah, that's the <laughs> biggest one I've ever seen. You one. want to just say, all right, now you're, you're not, you're good enough to sexually please me, but you're not good enough to fucking come into my country, which is not even your country. <laughs> and some people hate themselves for that, man. It's like the, the people who stay in the closet, they hate hate on the group that they that they're a part of even though they're a part of it and just hate on them just for to look good in front of other people like that's that's always been in our society so many times just people that can't be open or honest about who they are you know what i mean you're 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 100 right and that's also stems back to a lot of religious pressure and a lot of yeah. what you to your family and a lot of and when you get over that and you realize that we truly are imperfect we truly are allowed to make mistakes then you can begin to grow as a person in a way that you never thought you could before because you have built yourself so many barriers that hindered you from making mistakes that you never took a far enough risk because you were scared of making a mistake but once you realize that you can make a mistake, then you can go further than you ever felt before because you're not scared to fall when you get there. Exactly. Exactly, but man. I want to leave on that because that was a fucking great thought. I was just about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, on that high note right there, exactly. And I've also had my, my, my agent pop in the door twice like, what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> I feel like when I'm gonna have dinner, man. We could actually, yo, we could do this again either oh. next week or in a couple weeks. I have, yeah, we can, I can talk forever, so it's whatever. No, let's do it, man. I like, I have so much fun doing this. Like, I can do it all the time. Uh, fucking, I will reach out. We have to do this again, like for sure, and it's gonna happen. Like, but this, this is what I am gonna try to do though. For the next one, we're gonna make a speed round. I'm, we're gonna make some points and we'll shoot them out like one time. I like it. All right, perfect, man. Hey, have a good night. Take care of the family. Provecho. Uh, I, when do you guys think you guys are coming down? Depending on what the fucking president does, we are looking at the event for July 11th. If they change anything within the next week or so, then it will be sometime in September, and I'll have to reorganize everything because I'm not going to. All right. Take it. 
one. But Perfect. I be there as soon as I can go because I still have to bring stuff and get kind of a lay of the land and figure out what's going on. Um, but other than that, um, it'll be either July 11th or September. Perfect, because my son's going to be there in the morning, and I'm going to be playing at night. Playing what? I'm in. Oh, I'm in playing 44, baby, right here. Oh, yes. I'm good. Oh, yes. All right, bro. I'll talk to you. On, on that note, <laughs> I'd be out. <laughs> but I'm here.